Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I'm very delighted I have two guests with me who are virtually with me. They're not here in my clinic because they're in Ireland. So I've got Sally-Ann Brady and Claire Peel, who both set up the Irish Menopause Group, who we've um, I've been liaising with remotely. Um, so I'm really thrilled that we've managed to find some time to get together. So hi, both of you. Hello. Hi. So tell me a bit about yourselves. You haven't known each other for very long from what you were saying. So how did you meet and how did you come to set up the Irish Menopause Group? We met in another internet support group for menopause and Mm -hmm. we were chatting and realizing that our symptoms were particularly bad Mm. I'm not Irish Sally Ann's Irish and she suggested that we set up a similar group for Ireland because it was a little bit different there were no support groups just for Irish women and obviously the health system is different and yet women are suffering just the same same symptoms same problems probably a few years behind the UK, but the, the group's gone. We've got 2,500 members just in a year. Yeah. <laughs> not, not even a year. Yeah, so it's quite a lot for Ireland because we're such mm. country. As Claire said, the health system is different, but it's not really when you actually stand back and look at the situation. It's the same as in the UK. The doctors don't have knowledge. And this is the huge problem. So as Claire said, you know, I wanted to do the group. We, we both said, yeah, definitely. There are other uh, social media platforms and stuff, but it's more uh, targeted at the natural approach and empowering, and, you know, and that's all wonderful and works for some. But, you know, a lot of us, you know, we need medical management of this. It, it's gone beyond, like I would not be able to function without HRT for example whereas another lady would get through I wouldn't yeah so tell me about your both of you saying how awful your symptoms were what what were you experiencing I think the other thing we've got in common is that we were quite young well one of us is still quite young (laughs) Um, I was 42 right when everything seemed to go a bit wrong and I didn't have the normal symptoms so I didn't have hot flushes Mm. didn't know what was happening I think my body just started to go wrong digestive symptoms pain in my joints and my muscles was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and fatigue and saw so many doctors none of whom realized it was the menopause I kind of knew it must be hormonal because it was a cyclical thing so it changed with your menstrual cycle did it your symptoms definitely yes and because I was still having periods they didn't think it was anything to do with hormones, but I kind of knew in my gut that this is what was going wrong, but I couldn't convince anyone else. So how long did that go on for? It was a long time. So it started when I was 42 and I finally managed to get some HRT when I was 47, 48. It was a long, long time. Gosh, so five years or so, you've been back and forth to various doctors, even though thinking it was related to your hormones. So how did you finally get help then? Um, I saw a rheumatologist who said, well, might be fibromyalgia or autoimmune disease, but not sure. And I suggested to him, look, is this a hormonal thing? And he said, well, yes, some women really struggle 
with the withdrawal of estrogen. Mm. And I thought, oh, finally, I have a clue here. And he said, go back to your GP, asking for some HRT or even the pill, just for a month, get some estrogen into your body. You will know Mm. if your symptoms will improve. And the GP said, women of 47 should not be on any estrogen. There's a clot risk, there's a stroke risk. So again, you know, antidepressants were offered. And I had to go private to a private doctor in London in the end. And um, I just haven't looked back. It's just, you know, the change was instant. So even though you'd been suffering for a long time, having the replacement oestrogen worked very quickly for you. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is really important for people to realise that often people are perimenopausal, so peri is the time around the menopause. And like you're saying, Claire, it had lasted for quite a few years, which can be quite common before periods stop. So your hormone levels often change before your periods stop. And that's because our hormones change every day, but they classically get worse before our periods. So PMS, for example, premenstrual syndrome, classically comes a few days before the periods. And that you, you were experiencing with a dip of oestrogen, then you get symptoms. And oestrogen is very safe. It's our natural hormone. And sometimes there's no easy blood test, as I'm sure you know, the blood tests vary. If I did a blood test on a lady with symptoms, on five different days, I'd get five different results. So usually, or quite often, we diagnose the perimenopause and menopause just from symptoms alone. And as you quite rightly say, you don't have to have hot flushes to have perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms. And unfortunately, most people just associate the menopause with hot flushes, don't they? Yes. But as you quite rightly say, they're not always. And sometimes as a clinician, it's very hard to know, has this lady got arthritis or fibromyalgia or depression? You know, we don't know. But what we do often do is give people some low dose oestrogen. And as you know, through the skin as a patchal gel, there's no risk of clot. So it's very safe. And then women will tell us like you, you know, you've made the diagnosis by having a short amount of treatment. And you know, because you're replacing the hormones. So We know if you had an underactive thyroid gland, for example, you would be feeling more tired, putting on weight, lethargic, and we would give you thyroxine, the replacement hormone, and you'd feel better. So we would know that was causing your symptoms. And this is the same. Sadly, your ovaries were failing a little bit younger than some women, but they often fail very gradually. So that must have been really hard for you, though, having seen so many doctors in the NHS and then having to pay privately for having some replacement hormones which are available on the NHS that you couldn't get. It doesn't seem right. And certainly, I'm sure you know, I run a private clinic because I can't get a job in the NHS as a menopause specialist because it's not a priority to have good menopause care at the moment. Hopefully that will change. So I find it very distressing that people have to pay for something that should essentially be given. So I'm sure some of your frustrations has led you to your journey now with the um, Irish menopause group. Is that right? Absolutely. Both my story and I also had a very good friend who had the same symptoms. We had the same journey. We confided in each Mm. other. I think what really changed me was her experience because she could not get any help she couldn't go private she couldn't find support and she actually took her own life and I just the chance to help with this group Mm. meant that even if one Mm. woman was directed to a qualified doctor who could help her Mm. I would 
feel better. Yes. So that was my aim, really. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And we know that the suicide rate increases in the early 50s. And it's no coincidence that the suicide rate and the average age of the menopause is similar. We see so many women in my clinic who have had suicidal thoughts. I've seen women who have even written notes. And one lady said to me that if I, I didn't know at the time, but if I hadn't have helped her she would have killed herself she knew exactly what she was going to do and she'd been battling for many years and been refused HRT and just even having HRT for a small length of time has transformed her life and it's very frustrating because as a doctor I was only really taught about the hot flushes and sweats with the menopause and it's only because I've done so much research myself and seen the volume of women that I've realized it's the psychological symptoms are the ones that affect women the most and we know that a lot of women are inappropriately offered or given antidepressants and there's no evidence that taking antidepressants improves a low mood if it's associated with the menopause. Antidepressants can be very good for treating clinical depression but this is different. I, I was that person Louise that you're talking about when perimenopause arrived on my doorstep, I all of a sudden went from being, you know, a normal hormonal woman to a suicidal woman for a week or two of every month. Now, you know, I didn't get to that point, thankfully, but I was a mess. Mm. Doctor after doctor, it was just always anxiety. I was offered every antidepressant you can think of. And at one point I had a prescription for antipsychotics. I wouldn't take them. And I told my GP, I don't want to take them. I don't think it's what I need. I need hormones. And he just said, well, you know, I can't help you if you can't be a good patient. That's what the doctor said to you. Yeah, it was a very difficult journey for me until I got to where I knew myself what I needed, but my problem was my age. So how old were you? It all really got bad, probably 38, 37, 38. It crept up on me slowly, but it got to the bad point at 37, 38 and so on. But I begged for the correct treatment because I knew myself it was menopausal. Um, My mum had had an early menopause too, but I was just ignored. So even when you suggested to people that, to doctors, that you thought it was an early menopause, they didn't think it was, that was right? No, like some of them would have entertained it it, to a point and they'd do bloods and tell me my bloods were okay. I paid then to see a private endocrinologist in the hospital and he spent an hour and a half with me, basically just patting me on the head, telling me that menopause was part of life and to get on with it. So, I mean, I could talk forever about it and all the doctors and specialists I saw and nobody ever joined the dots. So how did you get help in the end? Uh, In the end, I, I, I went to every doctor there was. I actually got an appointment then with a clinic in Dublin and it was a gynae, a menopause expert, and I went to see her and she was like my last attempt. Mm. So I went in, she did listen to me. She did write me a prescription for combined patch and said to me, I was in a bad way now and said to me, take these. If you're not better in three months, don't come back. There's nothing I can do for you. So <laughs> I went out and sat in my car and I cried. And I just, I said, this is, isn't what I need. It's not the help I need. I didn't know what to do. And then I got a phone call. It was a blessing for a cancellation for a doctor I'd been sort of watching. Very expensive doctor, but quite brilliant doctor. So I took the cancellation and I went in. And uh, Dr. McGovern is my doctor for anyone in Dublin listening. He listened to me and it was the first day of the rest of my life. He said, you're not mad. You don't need any of this. You need hormones. Let's get going. And I never looked back. Now, it took a long time to restore me. 
and to get the, the dosing right because it, it was complicated. Mm. It took quite, but he's worked with me all the way, like all the way, and uh, nothing is too much trouble. And that, that's what women need. Absolutely, I I think it's really important for people that are listening out there because HRT is only three letters. There are different doses, there are different types, there are different ways of having it, and we're all different. I sometimes say to people, it's a bit like finding a comfortable pair of shoes. You can try on quite a lot, and then suddenly you find the pair that you want to wear every day. And it's a bit like that with finding the right dose and type of HRT. Sometimes people come here and they say, oh, HRT doesn't suit me. And then I realise they've been on a very low dose, or they've been on a tablet when they should have been on a gel, or there's, there's always ways. And I think what's very important for both of you um, for listeners to uh, take on board is that you are both young so the guidelines are very clear if you are under 45 having HRT any type of HRT there's no increased risk of breast cancer and because without the hormones there's an increased risk of long-term health problems such as diabetes heart disease osteoporosis dementia then women really have to have hormones unless there's a medical reason why they can't so a lot of people say well it's a natural process I've got to get through it actually it's not because it's a marker for future disease and we know that the evidence very much supports if women have replacement hormones this risk of heart disease osteoporosis diabetes, dementia, and so forth, reduces. And so it's really key for your health, but also listening to the way you are suffering your your mental health as well, you know, replacing the hormones because you're treating the underlying cause. So as you were saying, some people say, well, I want something natural, but actually it's not natural to not have your hormones when you're in your 30s and 40s. Um, Totally agree. And this is, you know, everyone is entitled to treat their their well-being mm. and they see for themselves. But it's a lack of understanding. And as I've always said, if a woman says to me, I completely have a full grasp on what menopause does to the body and I know everything inside out, but I still choose not to take them. So be it. Yes. But the problem we're having is women don't realise mm. the effect it has on the body mm. and they think it's something they need to power through and they yes. come out the other side. Mm. I suppose we're fortunate that we've seen the dark side, if you want to call it that. I have seen what low estrogen does So as Claire has. And it's quite shocking. It really is quite shocking of what it can do to the body. So in a way, we're kind of lucky. And look at it that way. Yeah, we've at least put it right now. Yes. I would have hated to carry on, you know, five years. There is this notion, especially in Ireland, actually, mm. perhaps because it's a little bit behind. There isn't personalities like yourself who are constantly on TV and educating people. But it, it's the women in the group, a lot of them seem to... And it's, you know, strong women who think, yes. well, I'm going to power through it. Yes. I'm going to power through it. But actually, I don't know. It could last forever. I mean, people get hot flushes into quite old age, yeah, don't they? Yeah, and we know from research that the average length of time for symptoms is seven years. And none of us are average, I hasten to add. Mm-hmm. But a lot of women, it's decades. But also symptoms change. So sometimes the flushes, sweats will improve with time. But people then get anxiety or they get headaches or they get joint pains. So or vaginal dryness is something that around 70% of women experience. But also, even if a woman has no symptoms, they still have low hormone levels. So they still it's a bit like high blood pressure. You don't always get symptoms from high blood pressure, but it's a risk for heart disease. So having low hormone levels might not cause symptoms, but you've got this risk. And and I think this is we've got to see it as a long 
long-term low hormone deficiency as opposed to just something that's going to cause symptoms that we have to battle through. So let's talk about your the Irish Menopause Group. This is a Facebook group, is it? It's a Facebook group and there's obviously a page as well. We have, you know, we do a little bit on Instagram too. It, it's nothing fancy, but I think it was badly needed in Ireland. Yes. Now it is, and you know, we've had people say it was, oh, it's very HRT orientated. Yes, it is. And that's okay, you know, if someone isn't into HRT, you know, there's lots of other places for them yes. as well. You know, every woman is welcome, but we are passionate about giving women facts, not nonsense. Yes. They need to know the facts. We're not pushing HRT, but unfortunately or fortunately, it's what's recommended for the female body at this point. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to lie about it and tell them to eat this and take this supplement. And, you know, we want women to be well. We want them to get their lives back. I think a lot of women who join, like ourselves, have been through many years where they've tried supplements. Yes. And yeah. I mean, some of them, obviously, I mean, they wouldn't have come to us if they weren't. I mean, some of them are in just just really suffering and they're at the point where they need something else it's not you know obviously diet and exercise is great but sometimes it's not enough yeah absolutely and I think it's it is very hard there's so much antagonism about HRT and a lot of people feel that it should be last resort yeah because of the bad media press really and because there's been this association with breast cancer people often have been given the wrong information and doctors have been given the wrong information or no information, and that makes it very difficult. We're very fortunate now, as you know, we've got good guidelines, we've got good evidence, and certainly all my work is evidence-based. It's non-biased. I don't get paid by drug companies to mm. do my work. It's very much because this is what the evidence shows, and it does make sense. And I feel it's absolutely vital that women are given a choice. We choose which car we buy. We choose, you know, what clothes we wear in the morning. We have to make choices about our health. And some people choose to drink loads of alcohol. Some people choose to drink nothing. But that's Mm. their choice. You know, some people choose to smoke. And as a doctor, I'm not here to criticise anyone. But it's about trying to educate them that actually smoking is not good for us. Mm. Drinking too much alcohol is not good for us. But if that's what you choose, but actually... For the majority of women, the benefits of taking HRT outweigh the risks. But also women who can't take HRT first line, for example, those women who have breast cancer, they still need to know they have an increased risk of heart disease, osteoporosis. So they need to be given evidence-based help as to how to reduce that risk. It's so important. So how are people in Ireland accessing HRT? Are they managing to get it? Uh, with great difficulty. Do you mean in general or in reference to the shortages? No, this, I mean, I'm hoping the shortages is going to be sh- relatively short term. The problem we see in the group all the time is, I've noticed lately, we have a lot of members who are on HRT but they're still not feeling good. Mm. I always say, you know, if you're on it, you're supposed to feel amazing. You're not supposed to be struggling still. So to me, what's happening is a GP or whoever is writing them a prescription and off they go. There's no follow-ups. It could be on the wrong dose and been on it for years. And then they go, oh, this doesn't work. Huge. Quite often as well, actually, I, we have seen real old style HRT being prescribed Tablets, even now. Yeah. And it just seems yes. so worried when we were... We are an information point. We direct them to your site. We're not medical. We're not doctors. I was a librarian. I just gather information and put it out to other people. So all we can do is say, go back to your doctor. Or, Mm. you know, sometimes there's women who've had hysterectomies who haven't been Mm. given HRT. It hasn't even been discussed. So all we can do is direct them back to the medical profession. But we need the medical profession to be 
better trained, I think. Mm. And how is it changing over there? Do you think RGPs more on board, do you think, or doctors on board to prescribing HRT? Not really. There are some, but they're dotted around the country, literally. It's very poor. Now, as you know, I mean, we also started running a campaign similar to your own in the UK Menopause Matters with the Irish mm-hmm. Menopause Mission, and we're gathering signatures on that. But we're still at um, sort of a stuck-in-the-mud point of people still don't see menopause as a thing. They just, these people are crazy. What are they talking about? Every woman goes through it, all of that. And we're in the situation we're in because of what went before us, because of our mothers, our grandmothers never spoke of it, you know, the stiff upper lip. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. Women need to stand up and be counted and to explain how they're feeling and make people realize it is a real thing. We can get very, very, very sick, Mm. you know, life marriages jobs and you're finding that the support for the group is positive are people saying that they're learning a lot and is it helping them yes we've got some fabulous feedback and some of it we well up a bit when we read it because yes yeah now not everybody of course you can never please everybody but overall excellent feedback and um, you see it's evidence-based support and I think women realize after a while Oh, God, yeah, they're right. Yeah, okay, that they're right. They're not telling stories. We're not making up. Yeah, I mean, I I have had a lot of antagonism about my work, sometimes in the media as well, thinking that, you know, I'm so pro-HRT, but I'm, as you know, pro-giving the right advice to people. But there's a lot of scaremongering out there, which makes people really uncertain. But I think people are really scared, and they're really scared to talk openly because they feel they're going to be misjudged and Mm. when you're close to giving up your work it's really quite awful isn't it and you don't want to admit that you can't cope with your work and certainly when I was having symptoms I couldn't remember the names of lots of medication that I prescribed for 20 odd years and I couldn't have carried on working and what would I have done I would have stayed at home and stared at the four walls because I was good for nothing and that's very hard to admit to your family let alone other people as well so There is this misperception. And then I think when people think about the menopause, they often think, oh, crazy menopausal women, hormonal, let's, you know, have a bit of a cartoon, let's laugh about her. It's not laughable, actually. We don't allow, we don't allow jokes in the group because we're quite, you know, it's not to be laughed at. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing funny about it because, you know, and this is the problem, that needs to be stopped. You know, I see it the equivalent as joking and laughing about, you know, mental health, for example. Yes. You know, these comedies and these theatre acts and that, you know, you wouldn't do that about another subject. No, I totally agree. And I feel it's inexcusable, really, that we as doctors aren't given the right training for something Mm. that affects half the population directly. Indirectly, it affects the whole population because anyone that knows a woman, works with a woman, loves a woman, as Diane Danzebrook says, needs to know about the menopause. And, you know, my children need to know because they will go through the menopause if they live long enough, but also they will experience aunties or friends or teachers. A lot of my 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 children a lot of their teachers are actually menopausal and my children are recognizing it um which is sad as well because they can see they say mommy they're sometimes in the middle of teaching us and then they have to open the window or they say oh I'm sorry I've forgotten what I was saying and that's horrible for the teachers 
So I think we there's so much that we need to do to change, to improve education. And you might know I'm developing a menopause education programme through a company called 14 Fish, which will be online. So anyone anywhere in the world can learn about the menopause and it's going to be cheap and accessible and evidence-based. So that's good because that's providing a solution. And then you'll probably know about the app we're developing called Balance, which will be providing free evidence-based information globally to women and we'll have a community on there as well so people can share experiences because some of the social media work I do I'm learning every day that women really can help each other more I think than I'm not sexist but I don't think men would have the same support but like what you're doing with your menopause group is amazing because you're helping people hold hands and helping people have the strength because it's quite scary I think as a patient to challenge what your doctor's doing it's very 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 lonely place yeah Yeah. and I know myself if I go and see a doctor I'm thinking gosh I've only got 10 minutes they're running late I feel a bit of a nuisance and I want to get this over with really quickly and I often even me as a medical person forget what I want to say I feel I'm really disjointed I'm a bit embarrassed and so I can see why people aren't sometimes even going to go to their doctors because they think it's just the menopause and then when the doctor says well here's some antidepressants to then push back and say no actually I don't want antidepressants I know they're not going to help is a really hard thing to do so the more evidence-based information you guys are giving to your group to empower them and strengthen that's amazing what you're doing it's really good it started small but Mm. we get so much from it it's very satisfying isn't it when you know the ladies come on and say well I've got the gel from my GP and I feel amazing thank you so much I slept last night and yeah it's wonderful it is lovely and I certainly get that a lot on my Instagram you know people say because I've read your website or I've read your comments I've now gone back and I feel so wonderful and you know I for me as a doctor it's it's incredible that I can help people without seeing them you know it's lovely to have this community are you getting support from any medical people over there moral support we've seen <laughs> doctors who think we're wonderful okay good <laughs> yes uh, and I mean yeah and a few actually we see some members joining and they say my, my GP recommended you yeah, right and yeah. um, I'm going wow okay so but that's as far as it goes really so far we're trying really hard Ireland is still so stuck behind mm. with this and we're just hoping that something will happen that there's more training there's very few doctors and slightly different over here than there uh, you've got like the private sector and then the public which is more like the NHS where you've got a medical card if you know depending on your income there's nothing in that space at all for ladies and it's very unfair because all, all of the clinics we have which are few they're very expensive and it's it's not it's achievable for lots of ladies and they've just left it's really really sad it's quite heartbreaking when somebody you know they know what they need but they just don't have the money or their doctor won't listen to them. Uh, you've got the more remote and rural areas where there might be only one GP clinic for the town and that GP happens to be a dinosaur. Those ladies are in, are in a bad way. It, it's not funny. That's where yeah. the internet helps. I mean, that's where... Yeah, I, I certainly agree. I think if I was trying to do this 30 years ago, it would be so difficult. Yeah. So I think we have to optimise and, and use it to our advantage, really, so we can empower and educate as many women as possible and I think there is a shift I am usually quite a negative person and 
I am very frustrated most days of my life. But actually, I do feel that things are changing. And somebody said to me once, if you feel you're not being listened to, you just keep being consistent. And then eventually people will listen. And I think that's all we can do. And that's all you're doing with your group is saying <laughs> the right messages. And, you know, you're doing it with the best intentions and also because it's evidence-based. So there's always going to be people that don't agree. But actually, the, the majority are agreeing you must be doing something right. And certainly to have so many people on your group so rapidly shows how much people are respecting what you're doing. Hopefully. So before we finish, um, could I just have from both of you just three tips for women? So maybe, Sally-Anne, if you could have three tips about how the Irish Menopause Group can help. And Claire, if you could just do three tips very briefly, how women could help themselves, then that would be really good. Okay, so... To help yourself, I think, having been a bit of a veteran, talk to other people, go online, join the Irish menopause, (laughs) look after yourself, don't feel guilty about having time to yourself. If you're tired, rest and yoga, because I love it. And I think it it does wonders. (laughs) It kept me going for quite a few years. (laughs) Excellent. I like that. I agree with that wholeheartedly, because as you probably know, I do quite a lot of yoga and it keeps my I think you're a bit better than me, but (laughs) yes. (laughs) for the ladies in ireland i suppose yeah join the irish menopause group see what you think it's evidence-based it's factual we have diane porterfield who's a qualified nurse as part of the group she validates what we say the support is there i think it's very important for any woman struggling to join to have a look and i guarantee they would relate to some of the posts if not most of them find a doctor a doctor, if your doctor doesn't listen or you're not happy with what he or she is saying, go to the next doctor. Keep trying. Keep yep. trying. Never give up. And I think, you know, to reiterate everything Claire said, but to reach out and to share and to talk and don't feel like, you know, you might feel like you're going mad, but you're not going mad. And you need to talk to somebody about it. It's not just you. It's every other woman. So I think that's the key thing here is sharing and openness because there's too many ladies suffering in silence and, you know, we don't know where that's going to lead. Yeah, no, it's so important. And it's been brilliant having you on this podcast today. And I hope it will have helped so many people, not just in Ireland, because this is a global problem. It's a worldwide problem that women are not receiving the right evidence and help for their menopause. So for any of you that are struggling, then please look up um, the Irish Menopause Group. And obviously, there's a lot more information on my website also. So thanks ever so much, ladies, for your time today. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website, www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.